Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Everybody, I can't believe it's the darn last Weed Day Wednesday of April. What is happening? We're way too far into the year already, and that means it's only 241 days till Christmas for the besties. I know we're going to start to sweater right away. Really? Oh, God. So-and-so is coming over. <laughs> you never know who it is. Oh, those crazy nants that come and get you during the holidays. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday. Weekday Wednesday, everybody. April 28th. Can't even believe it. In the April, did everybody have a good 420? Was everyone just trash and annihilated cycle? You don't get like a marijuana hangover unless you do too many edits. Then that's your problem. <laughs> we'll tell you low and slow in those folks. Woo. No, it's not the end of the show. We are just starting. Ah, we're not going to start over. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Oh, what happened? My computer just went to sleep. Boy, this has been so touchy and sensitive these last few days. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, apologize, there is not going to be a guest today. But will next week. Yay. All right, and maybe our own guest will be Canvas Kid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Oh, that was good. Yeah, no Canvas Kid here today. Maybe he'll call in. Maybe he'll call in. Maybe he'll fly in. Silver Sister's on her way. Grand Island is already awake somewhere. What's going on, Grand Island? Where are you guys? Um, let's see. Traffic accident. Uh-oh. That's no good. Mm, be careful out there. Um, yeah. Tucson. Traffic is just getting to be horrendous these days. I'm looking around for our, <laughs> my magazines, which are all over there, so I'll grab them. But um, it's just going to be about hanging out and news of the world. Anyone see that latest movie? I was so hesitant to see it because it was Tom Hanks in a Western, and I I know. I know, Tom Hanks in the Western, uh, uh, again, I know. <laughs> I should probably just put my Western hat on just for you. Um, no, it was fantastic. It was a great story. It was long. It was pretty long. But it was a great story. He um, retires or gets out of the war, war's over, whatever, and he's a captain, and uh, he used to run a um, printing shop, newspaper printing shop, and that got disbanded and folks and uh he goes around the world now he said well i can't make newspapers anymore but i can read them so he travels around the world um going from town to town he collects a dime from each person that comes in 
and he reads the news of the world from all over. Uh, he collects uh, different newspapers from different cities and brings them all along and travels along and makes enough money to live and travel to the next town. And it's really, really cool. And I thought, wow, you're just reading Newsweed of the World. We News of the World. Whatever that goes. Yeah. Anywho, let's give a shout out to Tumbleweed Tail Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come down and get certified. If your card, uh, starting August 26th, all those cards that <clears throat> got into the two-year program. If your card is about to, or if you're in that date range, August 26th date range, you can come in uh, next month and get recertified. We're having a $2.99 special, and that includes everything. Even if you don't have records, that's an eval, that's doctor fee, state fee, processing fee. Yeah, that's the whole kit and caboodle. So check it out. And if you do have records, it's even cheaper than that, $2.74. So that's really awesome. Um, but you, it's a good idea to get certified. In fact, we sent out an email with the special in it, and someone wrote back and said, well, I thought it was legal now. Well, uh, well, is it legal? Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of legal. <laughs> um, federally, it's not. But, um, yeah, we went recreational as a state of Arizona. However, there are some major benefits uh, to keeping your uh, medical cannabis card. And if you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, check out the news section or the Cannabis 101 section. And there's a whole list, and I'll read it to you. You don't have to do it. I'm going to read you the news of the world myself. Go watch that movie. It's fantastic. All right. So in the medical program, you have way better legal protection. There's no felony fines or jail time. And your landlord can't just kick you out because you use it. And your boss can't just fire you because you use it. Now, if you're using it recreationally and you do not have your card, you are subject to all that. Yeah. So get your card. It's good for two years now. Um, also, you get more medicine in the medical marijuana program. You get two and a half ounces every two weeks. You get an ounce. One ounce in the recreational program. You know, that's not very much for people that, that need a lot of cannabis to uh, keep their cancers at bay, their ailments at bay, whatever it is they're trying to heal with this. That's, that's not very much if they're cooking with it or whatever they're doing with it just means you have to make more trips to the dispensary, which is hard on people who might have problems with their, you know, ability to move and, and such medical program, more concentrates. You get an unlimited amount of concentrates uh, in the medical marijuana program. You get a half gram in the rec program. And for people doing, um, RSO, Rick Simpson, full extract cannabis oils. Uh, you can't do that. You don't, you, you're not going to be able to do very much of that at all. Like I said, you're going to be making more and more trips back to the dispensary, which is just more gas and time, wear and tear on your body, your vehicle, everything in your, in your pocketbook. Wait till you find out. Uh, you get more grow rights. You can have 12 plants if you're further than 25 miles from a dispensary, but who is? <laughs> Although, I believe, and I haven't checked this out for myself, I believe Douglas was awarded the dispensary license. So there's going to be a whole host of people that are growing now down in Cochise County. Whoop, whoop. If you need any growing advice, I'm here for you. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Testing for safety. And this is supposed to be mandated by a third party to ensure uh, your medicine is clean and green in the medical program. Yay. Now, in the recreational program, they're going to test it themselves. <laughs> that one really makes me laugh. Guys, you like it? Yep. We good? Uh-huh. All right. Let's sell it. <laughs> no. Okay. Um Employee protection, I told you about that. Employ employer protection, uh, landlord protection. No limit on edibles. Edibles may take any form and may contain any amount of THC in the medical marijuana program. Not so in the rec program. You're limited to um, 10 milligrams per item and 100 milligrams 
per package total for edibles. Um, there's less tax on the medical program. You're looking at close to 24% tax in the uh, recreational program. Yeah, and they're limiting, they're really limiting what you're allowed to get. So, I mean, if you really don't care, that's fine. That's up to you. Um, but, uh, and the, the great thing is, if you get your card, uh, you're in both programs. You're just enrolled. You're already in. You're in the rec, rec program already. So it's just safer. It's better. It's cheaper. It's, uh, you get more protection. You get more weed. You get more of everything in the medical marijuana program. All right, now let's see here. Uh, also, if you want to know what qualifies you for your cannabis card, check out the certification section at tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, all seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, Hexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, and that's any muscle spasm. And then chronic pain covers everything from DDD, uh, RA, fibromyalgia, migraines, IBS, I mean, you name it, and you can probably find it under that. Also, if you didn't hear your qualifying condition, but you're being treated um and the treatment is causing any one of those conditions. So, if they're, you know, if you're getting treated for something else, it's not on the list. But you're taking a medication or a treatment uh, that's causing something on the list, you can get certified for that as well. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can even email thctucson at gmail.com or just go to the website. There's all sorts of fun buttons you can push and you'll get to us somehow. <laughs> all right. All right. Federal lawmakers approve cannabis banking bill. Let's read. This is fun now. I mean, not that it wasn't before, but thinking about the movie and all this, it's just kind of fun. <laughs> You'll know what I mean if you see it. And no, I don't have a monocular. I'm not like wounded. On April 19th, lawmakers in the U.S. House of Representatives approved the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, SAFE, H.R. 1996, in a floor vote 321 to 101. This legislation will prevent federal regulators from punishing fina uh, financial institutions that provide services to state legal cannabis businesses. Currently, most banks are unwilling to work with the cannabis industry because they fear federal prosecution. Quote, this vote marks a meaning meaningful first step in establishing a more equitable cannabis industry and improves the likelihood that other cannabis legislation will advance at the federal level, said MPP. Marijuana Policy Project. Restricting cannabis businesses from accessing financial services creates an unnecessary burden for the industry and limits economic growth. If enacted into law, the Safe Banking Act would strengthen efforts to increase the diversity of the cannabis industry by providing resources for those with limited access to capital and increasing the chances of success for state-level social equity initiatives. Further, it would protect the 321,000 employees directly affected by the cannabis industry's lack of access to financial services. The SAFE Banking Act previously cleared the House in 2019. The language of the bill was also included in two rounds of COVID-19 relief packages that were approved in, uh, by the House. A version of this legislation has been introduced in the Senate and currently has 32 sponsors. All right. I'll stop for that. <laughs> People will finally, you know, not have to bury their weed money anymore. Well, it's not even funny. You know, you watch these, you know, I forget the name of what I was watching last night, but it's a documentary about 
uh, Emerald Triangle in Humboldt County and, and all the, the deaths and kidnappings and crazy crap that happens up there in the marijuana industry. Yeah, and it's not good. Um, it's totally cartel. And uh, parents are losing their kids, and uh, it's not a good thing. So, um, and, you know, <clears throat> this is just part of it, and the reason why I talk about this is because this kid was showing his um, – stash box out there of course they don't show you exactly where it is right but um they show you a stash box and he opens it up and it's metal and waterproof or airtight whatever and it's got like 40 grand in it and he's like yeah this is you know just in case (laughs) i need this and you know i can't leave it at the bank so there you have it yeah not good that's some scary stuff Anyway, um, let's see. If you ever all want to give a call in, it's 646-915-8421. I guess that's the difference between me and <laughs> News of the World from last night. Uh, would you guys fall asleep? I only have 30 pioneers in my audience yelling and screaming about the Civil War or something. <laughs> it's a really good movie, though. I mean, seriously, it really is. All right, so let's see. 13 new dispensaries will be opening in Arizona soon. They were the ones that won the lottery last week, was it? All right, let's see. Here it is, 13 lucky businesses who won a lottery last week that was hosted by the Department of Health Services were awarded licenses to open recreational marijuana dispensaries in rural Arizona counties. Um, And let's see. Uh, There's a list. Um... And Cochise, okay, so Cochise got Formula 420 Cannabis LLC won Cochise County's um, Douglas Dispensary. Wow. So we have a new dispensary in Clifton, Quartzsite, Springerville, Tubac, uh, another one in Quartzsite, Payson Globe. This one says Santa Cruz Rural, uh, Stafford, Clifton, Springville, and San Luis. Uh, Yuma County Dispensary got San Luis. Uh, Springerville Smoke got Springerville. Sonoran Flower got Clifton. Piper's Shop got Stafford. MK Associates got Rural Santa Cruz. Lawrence Health Services got Globe. Gila Dreams X got Payson. FJM Group got Quartzsite. Cactus Bloom Facilities got Tubac. Apache County Dispensary got Springerville. AGI Management got Quartzsite. And 101010 Management got uh clifton arizona so there you go folks 13 new dispensaries coming soon all right that's great good for them that's really awesome actually good job because those rural counties needed it but there's still time for you guys to grow i mean because those were way out in the middle of nowhere they really really were Okay, let's see. Um, Colorado Senate Committee passes bill uh, to double legal cannabis possession and clear path convictions. Let's read about that. HB 21-1090. It's possible that Colorado could end up with double the legal amount of cannabis possession allowed, but HB 21-1090 is still making its way through the state legislative process. The next step for the bill was a state Senate committee hearing April 22nd, through which, according to normal, the bill passed. HB 21-1090 was initially introduced by Democrat Alex Valdez, and if it gets signed into law, it will raise the possession limit for individuals up to two ounces. It will also allow former cannabis offenders who had low-level possession and cultivation charges to try to clear their records. It sounds like the expungement thing over here. It's kind of a joke. Yeah, you're you, you're not automatically expunged. You have to try to get it expunged. So far, it passed 45 to 19 in the House and passed the Senate Judiciary Committee. And Valdez feels it will make it all the way through. Quote: It should come up fairly quickly, given that the fact it was pretty free of controversy. Quote: Valdez says, I think marijuana issues are generally starting to be nonpartisan, but we got some of the more conservative folks for uh to vote for it too which really shows specifically HB 21-1090 would seal class 3 cannabis cultivation felonies meaning felonies for growing between 12 and 25 plants 
Growing more than 12 plants would still be illegal without an extended plant count provided by a medical cannabis card, and dispensary purchases would still be limited to one ounce a day <laughs> unless the marijuana enforcement division decides to change its rules. Still, this would be a huge step for the already booming cannabis industry. So they're getting an ounce a day already, and, and they're going to be able to get two ounces a day? Yeah, that is magical. <clears throat> oh, my. We get two and a half ounces every two weeks, but that's a lot. While Valdez's goal is eventually to automate the record-clearing process in Colorado, he wasn't sure if it would be financially feasible this soon after the impact COVID had on the economy. The process for sealing records uh, will involve petitioning a judge. <clears throat> Each person and their charges, quote, will be looked at on their own merit by judges. Quote, it allows them to petition directly to a judge instead of getting the district attorney's signature. Uh, oh, sign-off, Valdez says. It gets very legal eagle because district attorneys obviously want to uh, preserve their ability to have checks there. The proposal would only apply to local convictions as opposed to the state convictions that Governor Jared Polis has already pardoned. However, he only pardon convictions of one ounce sticking <clears throat> with the legal limit. Uh, the legal limit. This would bring in new convictions to clear, as it would pardon anyone who possessed two ounces. Okay. Um, some feel that HB 21-1090 won't do enough. Cannabis attorney Sean McAllister, who has experience defending medical cannabis patients and works as executive officer of the City of Denver's Psilocybin Mushroom Policy Review Panel. <laughs> I wonder if he gets to try that. I'd like to review these magic mushrooms, please. Yeah, no, this one didn't work. But, <clears throat> well, Sean thinks that the combination of the pardons being for such a low level and not being automated won't help many people. <laughs> Except for the people that it are helping. Jeez. Quote, unless it has an automatic sealing provision... It's not going to have much of an impact, but that really does cost the state money. If that's the expense it costs for this failed immoral drug war, they should still do it. But that tends to be the deal killer, McAllister said. Although, he added, any liberation of the possession laws or extension of the record sealing laws is certainly progress. <clears throat> there are also other issues with the idea, like the fact that looking up old cannabis crimes can be a hurdle unless the jurisdiction participates in the Colorado Crime Information Center. Also, many of the existing convictions are for intent to distribute, so more than two ounces, and the new language won't really do much. Most people, quote, most people have quarter-ounce bags and half ounces or pounds of it, not between one and two ounces, McAllister added. My personal opinion is there shouldn't be any possession limit for adults unless they have an intent to distribute. It remains to be seen if this bill will make make it uh, through to officially become law and it will make enough of a difference, but it is still a positive step for clearing past cannabis convictions and easing restrictions on legal cannabis in Colorado. Well, there you have it. Folks. I Seriously, two ounces, if you were convicted for, you know, up to two ounces, that's a big deal for the person that's sitting in jail for a Stupid conviction. You're wasting time and money, effort and energy, food, resources, you know, everything on this person who doesn't need to be sitting there. That's just ridiculous. All right. Well, back to the news. Let's see. Any events going on? Uh, Winners of the Cannabis Cup SoCal People's Choice Edition 2020. Hmm. Well, we're going to read, actually, um, we're going to read some empathy, and we're going to let Doug find read to us very soon. Well, we can read about some, um, ooh, that's pretty. Oh, that's really pretty. We'll read about some winners. It's been a year since the coronavirus pandemic started, although it's been hard to say the very least. Many of us have found comfort and solidarity within the cannabis community. True, true. Here at High Times, we've been happy to be able to continue our tradition of hosting cannabis cup competitions safely and virtually. Shout out to High Times Delivery, helping with distribution. <clears throat> Without any further ado, here are the winners of the Cannabis Cup SoCal People's Choice Edition 2020. Indica Flower, 
And this is gorgeous. I wish I could just zoom in and show you guys this. Uh, and that was first place, Biscotti by Connected. Um, oh, they're just showing pictures. Okay. Uh, second place was Woe See Woe by Top Shelf Cultivation. <clears throat> That's a pretty one, too. Um, ooh, this one's like a cutout. So that looks like a scratch and sniff. I think we can get that one time. <clears throat> so he brought us a little, like, card with a scratch and sniff. Third place, Runt by Sovereign. That's pretty. Look at all those crystals. Well, here's hybrid flowers. Uh, first place is uh, Feria the Fetty by Green Dragon. Interesting. Um, oh, and here is Premium Cannabis Flowers CBX Cannabiotics Cereal Milk. <coughs> Cereal Milk? Sorry. That wasn't ready for that one. Cereal Milk. That's cute. It kind of looks like it, too. Uh, and that was by Cannab- Cannabiotics. All right. And in third place, Curalato by The Cure Company. Just a really cool picture of uh, the package. Premium cannabis flower hybrid. Um, let's see. Yeah, Curalato. All right. First place for Sativa. Wow. That picture looks fake. It looks so pretty. Um Gelinade by Connected. Good job, Gelinade. That's gorgeous. That's like purple and oh, green right in the middle. Wow, that's just amazing. If you could all take pictures like that, you'd win just for the photo. Uh, second place was Mother's Milk by Sovereign. Interesting. That is very milky looking. And uh, courtesy of company, third place, Space Age Cakes. Space Age Cake. Let's get, can we order in some Space Age Cake? I do like the name. I'll take it. And that was by Atrium Cannabis. Well, this was all done virtually. (laughs) Uh, Must have been in California where they were delivering. High Times was must have been delivering. Ooh, Sun Grown Flower. Now, this is, you can, I can can usually tell outdoor from indoor. You know, I'm not saying mostly. Because when I go back to California and my friends have the outdoor, it's always noticeably very different looking. Pretty. Indica dominant, sweet citrus, and butter. Genetics, lemon cush, mint, and gelato. Oh, see, I have been smoking some gelato this morning that I grew as an autoflower. It's done in 60 days. First place, lemon sponge cake by Farmer and the Felon. Oh, that's a great name. Second place. White Tahoe Cookies by Exotic Flavors. That's pretty. Oh, wow. This looks like a picture from, I don't know what, like one of those. It looks like one of those um, <laughs> late, uh, mid-60s, early 70s where they had the, the velvet backs, the black velvet backs with the purple colors, and, you know. Modified Drapes. Wow. Okay. GMO times Purple Punch. Wow. That got third place. I'm going to clap for you again. Big time. That's gorgeous. George just got house. Victor, courtesy of company. All right. Pre-rolls. Wow. All right. Pre-rolls. We got uh, first place, Mother's Milk. Solventless. Geo pre-roll by Sovereign. Wow. That looks like candy. That looks like they they did roll that in kefir something yummy. Mm. Second place, infused pre-roll by Tough Mama. Tough Mama's got a gorilla on the package. And then we got King Roll Doshido by Cantaloupe Kush infused pre-roll. That looks good, too. That's a nice picture. Ooh, concentrates. We've got uh, first place, GMO Cold Cure Live Rosin by Cannabidiox. Wow. You go. Cannabidiox is killing it. Um... Second place, the Pines Custard by Gold Drop. All right. And then, ooh, that's a pretty picture. Uh, Tropical Sleigh Ride Diamond Sauce. (laughs) Tropical Sleigh Ride Diamond Sauce. I like, they should have got first place for the name. I love it. And that's by Guild Extract and Green Chalk Farm. All right. Um... Wow, those are all a lot of things that we really, really, really like. You know what else we really, 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 really like? Puff, 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 puff. 
I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's Pieces are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, aw, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interest I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull the plug. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. April 28th, how's it going out there? The weather's kind of, kind of, well, it was raining yesterday, so it's kind of gray here now, a little bit, kind of, it's funny, we get blue skies and gray at the same time, that's just the way we roll in Tucson, it's kind of nice, actually. Yesterday was great, though, rain, we, we even got hail, which was awesome, we don't get stuff like that, it's been like 33 days, I think they said, <clears throat> since we had had rain, and that's not, that's not so good in the desert, and prior to that, it was a lot longer. So right now the birds are chirping. Everyone's happy. The flowers are rising and shining. All right. So there is your Tucson weather report. All right. So um, let's see. We haven't got to do Hempathy in a little while. So Hempathy is a really great book. And this is 10 years old, mind you, but it's still relevant. And, and I like to read it. And um, we want Ivanark to... Uh, update this because we're ready so empathy <clears throat> food for thought 
is an attempt to show at a glance the illogical distinction between what is socially and legally accepted, the why, and what's forbidden. Why not? Scientists and doctors are making wonderful discoveries about how cannabis exerts its beneficial effects. We need to publicize their findings in an unbiased way to the widest possible audience. We need to stop the obstruction of research and the criminalization of a useful plant. Like cannabis, this information is meant to be shared. www.whynot.net Oh, okay, we'll go with that. That's a good one. Okay, so, um, yeah, th- and this is great. It's, it's, um, it's like almost like a comic book with the pictures and such in it. So it's all drawn. It's illustrated really great. Okay, so why? So you got uh, Warren's social page 20. If you're following along in uh, empathy, food for thought, uh, look at the irrationality of modern society, yep, in regards to cannabis consumption. All right, so the why, you've got this parent, supposed to be some, like, teenage donor kid in the bathroom, and he's got <laughs> got a uh He's got a pipe, he's smoking some weed, standing on the toilet, blowing the smoke out the window, and he's got a can of, like, rose perfume spray, you know, that he's spraying in there. And then on the opposite side, you've got his dad in the same note. His dad's in the picture sneaking out back smoking a doobie because, you know, they smoked joints back in the day, which he did back in the day. And so he's being secret and smoking outside, and his son's being secret smoking inside. And so it says, why secrecy? The major fear of parents is groundless. The vast majority of pot users do not go on to hard-use drugs, such as cocaine and heroin. However, there is this significant potential for psychological addiction based on the need to reduce stress and or the need to fit in with peers. The key is looking for signs that use is turning into abuse, that your child's behavior or personality is changing in negative ways. So why not dialogue? And the next picture is awesome. You've got the father and son sitting out on the porch together. He, the dad's handing him his joint. He's handing him his pipe. Um, they're happy and smoking and laughing, and they're hanging out together, and they're not in secret anymore. It says, why not dialogue? Uh, discussion, not lecturing. Effective method for parents or anyone who want to advise teens about alcohol use and drug use. Setting on everyday example means more than delivering on occasional sermons. Uh, <clears throat> it is vital that we learn from young people about their experiences with and reasons for using marijuana. Parents, educators, counselors, and health care providers need to talk to teens about the role marijuana is playing in their lives. This conversation must be informed by accurate information and educational materials. And there are so many educational materials out there, and there's so much information out there right now. You can get it. Go to PubMed. Okay. So here, oh, this is great. <laughs> oh, back in the day, they don't have these anymore, but I think they might have these uh, little um, marijuana cigarette dispensing machines like they did back in the 60s and 70s for, for folks. I forgot about these until I look at this picture. It's got uh, a kid... He's, uh, first of all, there's marble. This is Welcome to Marble Country in the back. It's like it's all blurred out with the skulls, and there's a warning cigarettes cause cancer, and then cigarettes cause strokes and heart disease, and 1 800 quit now, and all this stuff. Smoking causes all blah, blah, blah. And then there's a chick smoking, and they all look super unhealthy, and there's all these warning posters. And then there's the cigarette dispensing machine. You stick your 50 cents in, you put your button, and you pick whatever you want in Pall Mall or um, I don't know. I'm smoke, so I'm not. <clears throat> Virginia Slims, that's the thing. <laughs> I think that was the first cigarette I ever smoked and it stopped. That was nasty. <sighs> and my mom smoked and that was nasty anyway. So. so why tobacco? Smoking-related disease. Now, remember, this is 10 years old, so these figures have probably like doubled or quadrupled. Smoking-related disease kill one in 10 adults globally or cause 4 million deaths a year. Hello? If the same rate continues by 2030, smoking will kill one in six people. Cigarette smoke contains 11 chemical compounds that are known to cause cancer. Yeah. Uh, Tobacco is an addictive substance. Smokers who use other drugs such as heroin, methadone, uh, amphetamines, (laughs) barbiturates, rate tobacco as their most addictive drug. 
In the United States, smoking is responsible for $196 billion a year in health-related costs, Ugh, including the cost of lost productivity. Yeah, that's because smokers go out and take a smoke break every 10 minutes. What do us healthy people get? More work. Um, in Canada, this cost is approximately Canadian $17 billion a year, and that was 2008. There are approximately 46 million smokers in the U.S. and 5 million in Canada. So why not? Oh, oh, and why alcohol? Oh, here's another one. We're just going to keep going. Why? Why alcohol? And then you got, <laughs> this is a really bad picture. Uh, it says Oktoberfest. There's a tent set up. It says bar. You've got some guy peeing in the corner. I'm kidding you not. Other uh, guy's puking. Um, ooh, somebody's being very inappropriate. This book would not be allowed on the shelves right now. Um, wow. Someone's beating somebody. Uh, alcohol. Why alcohol? In 2002, uh, in the world, in the 2002 World Health Report, the World Health Organization estimated globally that 1.8 million deaths every year are attributed to alcohol consumption. Wow. Oof. Alcohol abuse is associated with accidents, fights, driving offenses, and unprotected sex. To, same, to name a few, alcohol abusers are at increased risk of being the victim of perpetrator of sexual violence and double risk of HIV infection. Alcohol misuse costs the National Health Service in the UK $3 billion per year, and the cost to employers is $6.4 billion per year. These figures do not include the crime and social problems associated with alcohol misuse. The number of women regularly drinking has almost caught up with men. Y'all driving us crazy? No. No tobacco. Okay. Okay. Why? Legal access to obscenity. Never before in the history of telecommunications meeting in the United States has so much indecent and obscene material been so easily accessible by so many minors in so many American homes with so few restrictions. I think that's the problem right there. There's so many kids left at home without restrictions. Just watching them. <clears throat> there are more than 4.2 million pornographic websites, 12% of total websites. One in five children, 10 to 17 years old, receives unwanted sexual solicitations online. According to the American Psychological Association, the Internet could be as addictive as alcohol, drugs, and gambling. Oh, no, I'd say by now it totally is. All right, well, here we go. And that picture was gross. You've got, um, it's, it's all computer screens with really bad pictures on them, guns and cigarettes. You can buy alcohol and drugs and there's porn and casinos. I never really looked really closely at these, but wow, they're really, really bad. (laughs) Okay. So why not legalize a non-lethal and natural substance? Why not? Why not? And then you see in this picture, it's all bright and shiny and green and there's hippies running around. Everyone's hugging each other and there's Playing, singing Kumbaya, my lord. In case y'all don't know what that is out there. What you guys do on Grand Island, I know that. Sorry, I should probably, you guys all probably busted in some sort of song right now, didn't you? There you go, Ryan. All right. Um, <clears throat> why not legalize a non-lethal and natural substance? Marijuana is now used daily by enormous number of people throughout the world. Now, remember, this was 10 years ago. Nearly 98 million Americans over the age of 12 have tried marijuana at least once. Well, we know that. And more than 20 million routinely smoke it despite its illegality without direct medical supervision. And, well, that's, like I said, these numbers are probably quadruple by now. THC has an extremely low toxicity, and the amount that can enter the body through the consumption of cannabis poses no threat of fatal overdose. That's right, none. Game winner. Everything else we just talked about, you could die from. Mm. All right. Here we go. Oh it's, oh, it's a quarter to nine already. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. I think we were going to get to some Doug Fine, too. Um, let's see. We could save this. Um, well, uh, let's see. Let's just read one more because this is a good one. This is important. Um, and this is about um, over-medicated veterans and basically anybody. I know my mom got over-medicated in the system, and it was lame. 
to say the least, uh, over-medicated veterans. Why? PTSD is one of the unseen wounds of combat and stress in our whole world. PTSD can drive veterans and other victims of violence to attempt suicide. In the U.S., a veteran commits suicide every 80 minutes, according to the Veterans Affairs Department. In 2009, there were 1,858 suicide attempts by vets who had served in Iraq and or Afghanistan and who were seeking help through the VA. Only 30% of vets use VA services, so the total was close to 5,000. The suicide epidemic shows the ineffectiveness of drugs being prescribed for PTSD, SSRIs and older antidepressants, anticonvulsants, uh, atypical antipsychotics, etc. These drugs all can have serious adverse side effects. Most psychiatrists, when told by patients that a prescribed drug isn't working, will raise the dose and or prescribe additional drugs, increasing the likelihood of side effects. Yeah. Chemical cocktails. Why not? Veterans have access to medical marijuana. Todd Mukio, uh, Muki, Mukiera, MD, a pioneering science, uh, psychiatrist who <clears throat> had monitored cannabis use by more than 9,000 patients in California, reported that in 2006, 8% had a primary diagnosis of PTSD. He published a paper describing how cannabis eased their symptoms. Quote, the modulation of emotional response relieves the flooding of negative effects. The skeletal and smooth muscle relaxation decreases agitation. Fight flight response and anger symptoms are significantly ameliorated. The fear of loss of control diminishes as episodes of agitation and feeling overwhelmed are lessened. Thinking is freed from attachment to the past and permitted to fix on the present and future. Instead of being transfixed by nightmares, the sufferer is freed to realize dreams. Based on both safety and efficacy, cannabis should be considered first in the treatment of PTSD. Yes. A study in the Journal of Neuroscience by Israeli physician Erit Akarov provided evidence that cannabinoids may reduce the effects of PTSD. The results of our research uh, concluded, quote, should encourage psychiatric investigation into using cannabinoids in PTSD uh, patients. There you have it. Yeah, and the next one talks about the lethal cocktails, which we just don't want to talk about. Well, I'm just not going to say. <laughs> Thelma Louise, the movie. All right, let's listen to a few minutes of Doug since we have uh, just a few minutes left here. Uh, we say Wednesday. We love our Doug Fine. Uh, he is a ch- world champion hemp uh, believer and fighter for the world. It's just, he's just awesome. So we're going to play. We've uh, Where are we at? We only have two hours and three minutes left. What? Well, we're going to play it. And um, let's see. Okay, so here, we're talking to a, we're talking to a genie at the picnic table. But I didn't really grok what the new issue was for the FPS. When there's a difficult, challenging personality, and everyone recognized that Bill can be a difficult personality, the social issues might come to a head sooner, but they always do. That's because everyone's difficult. It's why I live 40 miles from the nearest town surrounded by attack goats. Right. I get all that, I said to a genie at the picnic table. Why are you telling me this now? She sighed. What we realized a few weeks ago is that we need to have a member who is Bill's keeper, Eugenia said, someone other than me. We know each other too well for me to be his social director or my own. Now I understood. The co-op required another social director, maybe two. A member whose job is just to deal with the co-op's chief farmer and idea man and probably one to assist Eugenia too. Social director was not her only position. She had a half dozen other roles in the young co-op including membership and volunteer outreach coordinator and product formulator. She wasn't a bad farmer either. Bill and Eugenia have known each other for a quarter century. Imagine your social engineering task if you're the social director for a newly formed co-op comprising geographically scattered farmers feeding a fiber processing facility. Bill is a genius, Yemi Lucero, the newly inducted FPS member, had once told me. He can design and execute on a large scale. 
It's just not a personality that is geared to consensus thinking, which is what a cooperative is, right? Cooperation. We start learning to do it in kindergarten. It is, you could say, the core curriculum. And democracy is a core principle of all co-ops. But, oh man, the G word. Whether one declares Bill a true genius or a sensitive artist whose PTSD bubbles forth every now and then, genius characterizes him as a genius too, as do I. The situation seemed manageable to me. Bring on a new member, I said. Is, is that such a big deal? For a long moment, genius said nothing. She just looked at me and her eyes welled. I was floored by her next words. We're discussing dissolution, she said. I felt as though I had been punched. The situation had gotten so bad that we brought in a co-op-focused consultant just the other day. It kind of went well and kind of not. That's why I rushed you up here. It's a critical moment. As social director, Eugenia was doing her job, especially because she was one of the members having a critical social issue. She recognized the need for a grown-up in the room for a few days, watching and asking questions, someone other than herself. Much as I'd love to be the benevolent matriarchal dictator, that's not how it works, she said, and then erupted in her massive, contagious laugh that sent the nearest plants dancing. The consultant's conclusions, in Eugenia's words, forced Bill to acknowledge he can be difficult and forced me to acknowledge that we wouldn't be here without him. The takeaway here is a reminder that every relationship requires constant upkeep. Heck, everyone's always evolving as individuals. I'm only marginally the same guy who started writing this book. Even as we accept that humans can be hard to get along with, especially in a business environment, I believe farmers deserve some slack. That's because their work is so important to us all. Sequestering sufficient carbon in increasingly healthy soils is the difference between humanity surviving and not. No pressure. And it's not as though Bill is a monster to be around 95% of the time. Even Eugenia says his soul is a flower. It's appropriate that he developed flowers and sweet fruit for years. That's what he is at core. He's also teaching a new generation an old way to do business. Work ethic is paramount. Don't even try to get an FPS member to go out for some live music during harvest. What can I do? I asked there in the greenhouse as we wrapped up our private debriefing that evening. Be here, she said. Do your thing. Referring to the fact that I have a get out of Bill's wrath free pass for some reason, and I often use it like when I play sax at dawn. Yamie and Eugenia can't believe the things I call them on. We recently disagreed on a plant patent issue, for instance. They quietly congratulate me afterwards as though I have just gone the distance with the champ. This visit, Eugenia wanted me to watch and, when necessary, speak up. The next morning, we sat down with the complete FPS crew, now down to three members from five, in the same greenhouse, indeed at the same long, white, trichome-covered table. This is where the workdays were based at this point in the spring, here and in the ethanol processing garage. In more ways than one, I spent most of that two-day visit really getting at the root of things with the core FPS team. I did that by working beside them on their crop. Like any startup, they have no time for anything but an actual day in the life of the FPS. There was no lipstick for this fat pig. Alongside a rotating string of volunteers of all ages working for product, a four-ounce jar of free hemp with 1,000 milligrams of organic farm-to-bottle CBD infused in coconut oil costs $80, I and the FPS team planted cakey clones just trimmed from bushy mother plants. Bill's technique for ensuring that the cakeys took root was different from Eugenia's, but both styles worked well, and they communicated their suggestions to newbies like me respectfully. When that task was finished after a couple of hours, we relocated more mature plants to their final larger pots. These would be their homes until they landed in someone's transplanting machine or were hand-planted. 
There's nothing like hours-long stretches doing satisfying, if repetitive work in an oxygen-rich, sauna-moist, plant-energy-dominated environment to get folks really talking. Yaney and Eugenia quickly got on to the deep topics. Bill's emotions, as always, were conveyed in code. Grief, too, played a role in the outpouring. Since my last visit, the co-op had lost the architect of its anti-marketing strategy and my good friend John Long to cancer. This early member, 28-year-old Gavin Lim, had split, needing a break from Bill. His membership was bought out by the remaining members, though he returns to help out periodically. When the work allowed, we really talked. Hemp clone work and ethanol processing permit fairly regular bursts of chatting, stretching, and jamming between bouts of concentration. My friends filled me in on bottom line and social issues while we restocked flats of clones beside the transplanting tables or while a few of us dashed off to the garage when the timer sounded to indicate it was time for the next stage in the ethanol processing cycle, stirring the flour material, for instance. At first, I was surprised to learn that most of the FPS's current challenges were the same ones that every Plan B hemp enterprise was facing. It could fairly be described as routine turmoil, the classic harrowing life of the entrepreneurial venture. I'd seen it before. Indeed, I was living it. They'd made it this far. If it hadn't been for Eugenia's heads up the previous night, I wouldn't have been worried. The co-op's new bankers, for instance, visited the FPS farm on my second afternoon, meaning the ranch house had to be cleaned up. In the plant realm, just six weeks earlier, a sudden infestation of spider mites had decimated 86 of the co-op's 90 prized mother plants, right when they needed to fill thousands of clone orders. There was the usual debate among the co-op's members about how to best price their core value-added product, pre-hemp, and, of course, there was the normal suspected ripoff of co-op genetics by a former collaborator. Bill's near fisticuffs with the dude was averted by last-minute Eugenia diplomacy. All par for the course so far. Tractor maintenance issues also reared their noisy heads. Just because you're a righteous organic co-op doesn't mean floater goes away. It was spring. The co-op outdoor fields had to be prepared. Most interesting to me was that I had arrived at a good time for learning about alcohol processing, literally the inner workings of the cold ethanol model. These were the folks who taught me how to decarb, so I figured they'd be promising candidates to demonstrate ideal models of reverse moonshining, which is how I think of ethanol extraction. On the second morning of the visit, Bill met with a retired Colorado State University materials engineer, now an FPS neighbor, to see if they could rethink ethanol extraction. Specifically, Bill was seeking a finer mesh netting in which to contain the co-op's hemp flower harvest within the machinery's hopper, one that could be more easily removed and cleaned between processing runs. Most ethanol setups have a wide cage inside that gets immediately clogged with flour material and is hard to get at, he explained to me while I looked slack-jawed at the CAD design he and the engineer neighbor were poring over. I want to see if we can find the right gauge bags to hold our hemp flour, which we can remove and wash every processing cycle. Just Bill revolutionizing another industry. Again, nothing new here. All right, folks, you are listening to Weed Day Wednesday, and that was Doug Fine, American Hemp Farmer Adventures and Misadventures in the Cannabis Trade. More next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you guys so much. Remember, 241 days until Christmas. Get ready to smoke those bongs. Yay, bongs. <laughs> ah, ah, there you guys are. They were smoking bongs. Anyway, happy Wednesday, Wednesday. Happy uh, last Wednesday of April. And go out and do something good for somebody. Uh, smoke some weed, and we'll see you next week. Happy Wednesday. We love you guys.
Happy Wednesday, y'all.